fireside discussion, you know, basically we're going to sit down and we're just going to go into the Word of God and, and see what the Word is showing. Uh, one thing you'll know about me is that I will not tell you anything that goes contrary to the Word of God. I will try to help you. I'm here to help you, to build you, to, to encourage you. You know, a church is, we are the church. The church is not a building. We are called to come into a church in a building to get prepared to be sent back out, you know, to get our wounds bound up and go forth. Uh, I'm here to help you. I'm not here to try to get you to change churches or do whatever. I'm here just to be a blessing to you and help you. I want to encourage you, and I want to be able to give you some insight into the Word of God. I don't know everything. I'm never going to say I know everything but I want to help you. And like I said, I want to challenge you. Don't take anything that I say. You get into the Word of God and you find it for yourself. You, If you are uh, bent on trying to prove me wrong, then prove me wrong. But get into the Word of God yourself. Don't just take anything. You know, don't be like a little baby bird that sits there and, you know, when their mother comes and just opens her mouth and just waits for the food to be dropped in. You search it. Make sure you listen. It doesn't matter who it is. It can be your pastor. It can be, you know, a fellow minister that you watch on TV or follow on the Internet or whatever. You know, don't take what they're saying as gospel truth. You find out for yourself. And that's what we're going to do here in this this fireside discussion. We're going we're gonna to talk about the Word of God. We're going to, you know, do, like I said, you at the end of this you'll have my um, name you'll have my uh, mailing address you'll have my email address freely you know contact me I'll answer help you every way I can if I don't know the answer I'll be honest with you I'll tell you I don't know but I know how to pray amen so <laughs> you know <clears throat> and if you would like to give you can make the check payable to me George Sorenko I will make sure that the money that you send goes to to do what God put on our hearts to do. Like I said Tuesday, I'm the type of person that's not big in the, you know, trying to get money from people. You know, I'll just put the need out there. I go to God with my needs. You know, a lot of times you won't hear me talk about what I need because my needs are secondary compared to the kingdom of God's needs. But if you would like to give, you can make the checks payable to me. Any amount will help. We would like to be able to get some other equipment and stuff so that we can do these podcasts and stuff. And we eventually want to go the way God wants us to go. We'd love to be able to get on satellite radio and be worldwide, you know, to be able to get the goodness of Jesus Christ and the goodness of God and God's power. Because we believe in the signs and wonders and we believe in the supernatural. You know, I believe in miracles because I believe in a miracle-working God. Amen. So today we're going to discuss, today we're going to discuss a topic that I think that it truly is, is people don't understand, and that is tongues. So if you got your Bibles, you can turn with me to Acts chapter 2. You remember Jesus was getting, just ascended up into heaven. And remember, he told the disciples, you know, go to Pentecost, go to the upper room to, and wait for the day of Pentecost to come and the fire of God come. So that's where we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. It says, 
when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we just thank you in Jesus' name for this opportunity to break the bread of life today. Father, we thank you that, Lord, that you're going to make our pen, our tongues as the pen of the ready writer. We thank you that, Father, that you're going to, you're going to make our hearts enlarged. You're going to give us understanding. You're going to make our minds, Lord, to understand the things of God so that we can put them into practice in our life. Father, we thank you. We thank you for every person that's listening. We thank you that, God, that you're going to give us a, that we're not just going to be hearers of the word, but doers also, that you're going to give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart of understanding to hear what the Spirit of God is saying unto the church. And, Father, we just thank you. We give you all the glory. We'll give you all the honor. It is unto you, Lord Jesus, that we give everything, and we're so thankful. And, Father, we thank you for everything, and it's in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. So tongues, we're going to talk about tongues. Over a century there has been a misunderstanding in the church concerning the matter of speaking with other tongues. Not only among those who do not speak with tongues, but also among those who do. First, there are those outside of the Pentecostal and Charismatic sides or circles who don't speak with tongues. They know nothing at all about the subject, or they have wrong ideas what tongues that they that cannot be born out of scriptures. Then there are those in the Pentecostal and Charismatic circles who are known very little about this subject, even though themselves speak with tongues. This is something that is very, very common that you're going to run into people. They're going to tell you that they got the filling of the Spirit of God. You know, when Jesus told the woman at the at the well in John chapter 4, when he was sitting there, remember the woman came to draw water, and he said, give me the drink, and she goes, uh, you have nothing to draw with. Remember, he told her everything that she had, you know, everything that she ever did. And he said, "You, will, if you drink of the water I give you, out of your belly shall spring living waters, a well of water. That's talking about the baptism. That's talking about being baptized into the kingdom of God, being born again. Remember, then in John chapter seven, he talked about when he stood up at the feast and said, "Those that are thirst come unto me. You'll drink of water, and never thirst again. Is out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water." That's talking about the infilling of the Spirit of God, of being baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. So there's two different characteristics of being baptized. You can be baptized into the kingdom of heaven by being saved. And then you can be baptized with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Amen. See, there are Christians that don't realize the value derived from experiencing the gifts, nor do they understand the scope, the purpose, and the use of tongues. As a result, they they often take tongues out of its place and set setting in the word, and their ignorance leads them into excess and unscriptural practices. To go too far, they talk talk tongues beyond what the word says. 
In both cases, the lack of understanding about tongues has brought much damage to the cause of Christ and has robbed the multitudes of the blessings of God intended to further them to have. In the church world as a whole, a wide variety of teaching exists on this subject of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. But we need to examine what we believe in the light of God's Word, not in the light of the experience, nor in the light of what our particular church or denomination teaches. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, First Corinthians chapter 12, you know, we're, we're going to read, we're starting with verse 1. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I would not have you ignorant. God doesn't want us to be ignorant of the things pertaining to the Holy Ghost. This is not a subject to be cast lightly aside or considered to be unimportant to the body of Christ. Come on now. So there's four uh, objectives to speaking in tongues. Okay, number one is found in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. Objective number one, Jesus didn't speak in tongues, so I don't have to either. You'll hear people talk to you about that. Well, Jesus did, wasn't baptized. It's almost like being baptized in the water. You know, a lot of people think that if you're not baptized in Jesus' name, you're not baptized in right. If you're not baptized in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, you're not baptized right. You know, just because Jesus didn't speak in tongues, but you got to realize seven of the nine spiritual gifts operated and manifested in Jesus' life and in the lives of the saints of God in the Old Covenant. But the tongues and interpretation of tongues was for this dispensation when the church was founded. That's why tongues is all about. That's why Jesus didn't speak in tongues. See, God does not fill, us, fill his book with uh mirrors of importance nor does he make unnecessary statements he has much to say about this matter in the word god needs people to people of prayer to get the job done on the earth i'm inviting you to be one of them and start by hearing more about the true scopes and the value of praying in other tongues so like i said the first objective that people will say to you is Jesus didn't speak in tongues, neither do I. It is true that although you will find all the other seven gifts of manifestation in the earthly ministry of Jesus, you want to find tongues and interpretation operating in his ministry. You also won't find speaking with other tongues or interpretation of tongues demonstrated in the Old Testament. Although you will find prophecy about it in Isaiah 28, 11, and 12. See, these two gifts of the spirits are the dispensation of the Holy Spirit, dispensation or the age, which began with the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, as we read in Acts chapter 2. Mark, Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. Remember what Mark 16 said? Turn there, I was going to quote it, but you know, we'll we're discussing this so that you understand. What I'm saying is, is you know, just because Jesus didn't speak in tongues doesn't mean that tongues is not for every believer. Tongues is for everyone. But in, in, in Mark 16, 17, and 18, it says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. 
In my name they cast out devils. They speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and they drink any deadly thing that shall not harm them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Do you see that Jesus de declared that these five supernatural signs are for believers? First one is casting out devils. Second one is speaking with tongues. Third is taking up serpents. And serpents here is not the way you think of it. It's playing with snakes. Serpents is, is a reference. If you study it out, it means about principalities and powers, rulers of darkness of this world. You know, that means you have authority to take control over anything that's trying to demonically possess you, obsess you, or oppress you. Come on now, say amen. You know, deadly things shall not hurt them. There's times that you might drink something that maybe has strychnine in it. Because you don't know it, God will protect you. Remember when Paul was was putting, gathering up wood there in Acts chapter 28 was thrown in the fire. Remember the snake came out and bit him on the hand. They all expected him to die. He didn't die. You know, I'm not saying go out there and drink stuff. Well, I can drink antifreeze. It ain't going to kill me. No, it's going to kill you. Be smart. God gave you common sense. Amen. Amen. Number five was to lay hands on the sick. Do you realize that you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover? Not they're going to be. Not maybe so. They shall. Come on now. Amen. In Acts, Acts 28, 3 through 5, that's what I just talked to you about, about the Apostle Paul there on the island. Remember after the shipwreck, they went to the island, and all of a sudden he was gathering up wood and snake come out and tried to bite him. Acts 28, 3 through 5. If four of these five signs mentioned in Mark 6 are supernatural, doesn't it make sense that God would add one more sign and make it natural? No, besides, Jesus did not say a few believers will speak with tongues. He clearly implies that all believers should pray in tongues, should speak in tongues. Why is it then that most believers do not speak with other tongues? It's because I am, I'm also sure of, of the number one reason there has been very little sound logical and spiritual teaching as to the as to the scope and the value of speaking with tongues. That's why people have not spoke with tongues. It's because they have not been taught properly of what it means to be. Listen, if you are if you are, go around claiming that you're baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, and you think that your prayer language is your articulate language, meaning your normal speaking, you're completely wrong. You know, you will speak a language that only God knows. You will speak a language that, that maybe someday somebody might interpret it. But God, you're speaking mysteries unto God. Isn't that what the Bible says? You're speaking mysteries unto God. So the objective number two of the reason why uh, people, the four common objective of, to speaking in tongues, why people won't do it, is tongues are of the devil. Isn't it, isn't it the devil that tries to make people do bad things and the Holy Ghost helps them to do good things? Come on now, amen? amen. Proverbs 18. Come on now, I'm going to give you scripture as a reference so that you, you can go and study these yourself. 
in Proverbs, or Proverbs 18, verse 13, it says, He that answers a matter before he hears it is, it is a folly and a shame unto him. See, if you don't understand what you're talking about, you need to keep your mouth shut. Come on now, say amen. amen. Speaking in tongues just opens you up to a deeper dimension of the Spirit, of the same Spirit. You can go deeper in God if you want to. If you are a child of God and ask to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to get something else. Come on now. I never once saw someone receive a wrong spirit when a person asked to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Not one single time. Now, don't, don't misunderstand me. I've seen some spirit-filled falls folks get into the flesh. But I'd rather have a little wildfire while God is moving than no fire at all. I'd rather have a little disorder than have, have the order of a graveyard with nothing happening. Amen? Look with me to Luke. Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. You can write these down if you... For time's sake, if you want to. I'm just trying to show you. So we're talking about objective number two. Tongues are of the devil. Luke 11, verse <coughs> verse, um, verse 11 through 13. He says, If a son ask of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If he then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Do you see? How, how is it if you as a natural father, if your child comes up and asks, Dad, can I have a glass of water? Are you going to give him gasoline? Come on now. You which are evil know how to give good gifts. How much more shall your heavenly Father give get good gifts to them? So tongues is not of the devil. That's what I'm trying to show you here. In Luke chapter chapter 10, verse 19, it says, Behold, I give unto you the power to tread upon serpents and scorpions, all power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's what it means when he says, If you ask a fish, will he give you a serpent? You have authority. Why would God give you something that you have authority over? You know, that'd be like you going out and telling a child, you know, look, look what I just bought you. I bought you a brand new car. And that child's so excited about that brand new car. But all of a sudden, when he goes to get in that car, it falls all apart. You'd be an un, un, unfit father, right? Come on now, say amen. amen. Remember, John eight thirty two says the word of God will always set you free. So how would God, that's being a good God, a good father, give you something that's going to that's going to be of the devil. God never gives you anything of the devil. Come on now. The devil gives you something. Yes. There is absolutely no danger whatsoever of a believer receiving a wrong spirit when he asks God to fill him with the Holy Spirit. In Luke 11, 11 verse 13, in other words, if you ask for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, that is exactly what you will get. Remember what it said in verse 13? If ye being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give what? The Holy Spirit to them that ask, ask of him. Come on now. Number th objective number three, tongues have ceased. This is a big one. I've heard a lot of people say this. Listen, 
There's nothing new under the sun. The devil will always come and bring it. He'll just wrap it in a different package. You know, in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8, tongues have seeds. Verse 13, verse 8 says, and this is the one that they use all the time that you go around to people that don't believe in speaking in tongues. It says charity, which should mean love. Love never fails, but whether there be prophecy, they shall fall or fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. You see, they say the tongues shall cease, not that they have ceased. There's coming a day that tongues will be put away. The gifts of the Spirit will be put away because right now you see in part, you prophesy in part. But there's going to come a day that you're going to you're going to see face to face. Look at verse 12 of 1 Corinthians 13. It says, "For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know even as also I am known." When you get to heaven, you're not going to need to prophesy out there. You're not going to need to speak in tongues out there. Come on now. Amen. Glory to God. You can write these scriptures down. 1 Corinthians 13, 9 and 10. It says, For we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, meaning Jesus Christ, then that which is part shall be done away. Come on now. Amen. You know, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 12, I just read. 1 Corinthians 14, 39, that says, says, whereunto brethren covereth to prophesy forbid not to speak with tongues right there God's telling you not to prohibit somebody from speaking in tongues amen objective number four the only the apostles could pray for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit see some people use turn with me to Acts chapter 8 Acts chapter 8 we're quick we're smart we're good looking amen Acts chapter 8. We're going to start reading with verse 14 through 17. It says, Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they came down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Remember, this is when Philip went down and preached. You know, um, evangelistic message, got them saved. The church uh, of of Jerusalem decided to send Peter and John down that they came down that they would that they would preach you know Christ to them and it says in verse 17 and they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost do you see to to prove that the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues was only available for the early church as long as the original apostle was still alive these people mistakenly maintained that only the apostles could minister the baptism of the Holy Spirit to the people. This passage in Acts proves the contrary to the truth. Acts, remember we read 14 through 17, Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, we're going to read 10, 11, and verse 17. Verse 10 says, And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and, and to him the Lord 
had a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into that which is called Straight and Fire of the house of one Judas and one that is Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. And had seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him, that he might receive his sight. Verse 17, And Ananias went in, in his way, entered into the house, put his hands on him. Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, appeared unto thee in the way that thou camest, hath sent me that thou might receive the sight and be what? Filled with the Holy Ghost. Do you see, Ananias was a disciple. He wasn't an apostle. Come on now. So you can see biblically and spiritually you don't have to be of the early apostle to lead someone into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The closer we stay with the Word of God, the more correct we will be in whatever we do. Come on now, amen. Amen. So I want to I want to talk to you about salvation and the infilling of the Spirit. It is two two different experiences, and this is where we're going to close and pick up next week. There's two separate experiences. In the fact that the dispensation between the work of the Holy Spirit and the new birth versus the influence of the Holy Spirit is contrarily seen by the majority of the church world. Yet the scriptures certainly define these as two separate experiences. Jesus' word about the Holy Spirit in John 14 referred to the new birth experience. Turn with me to John 14. I'm trying to give you guys something that you can study, something, something that you can go and look to, to yourself instead of this house. In John 14, verse 17, even the spirit of truth, no world cannot receive because it sees him not. Neither, neither, no, no, him, but ye know him, for dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Amen. And in Acts 1, in Acts 1, in Acts 1, verse 5, it says, For John was truly baptized with water, but he shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Verse 8 says, But he shall receive power out of the Holy Ghost to come upon you, and he shall be witness unto you both in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen. Amen. You know, you know, talk about the Spirit of God in you. He's talking about the Spirit of God bringing you power to be a way of witness. Amen, amen. So we so we can readily see that Jesus refers to the two different experiences, two separate persons of the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, dwelling, dwelling in you, in you, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, come on, come on, power. power. Amen, amen. So you see, you see the difference between, between the Holy Ghost being in you, in you, and the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost come on, you, on you. We call we it call the Palestinian anointing. Remember what Jesus, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit said, I hope I help you all day, but I hope I make you make make you realize that there's two different experiences. One, one is the experience of being born again in the kingdom of God. Being born again as a child of God. Being being saved. The other one is talking about being being that the power power upon you. The spirit of God upon you. We're living in the last days. Jesus is coming in 
battle the people that are around you. They're not your enemy. It's the principalities and the powers. It's the demons that are controlling them, influencing them, possessing them that you that you got to deal with. That's what I'm talking about. That's how you deal with it. Do I believe in standing up and having a peaceful protest? If that's what you feel like you need to do, more power to you. I believe in that. Walk the streets. Stand up and say that you will not take my guns. You're not going to take the rest of my freedom. You're not going to take my freedom of speech. More power to you. Stand up for the Constitution of the United States. Because if you don't, no one else will. Think about this. It took one woman to take prayer out of school. It took one declaration of, of nine Supreme Court justices to say that abortion was legal. Let's let's get realize it takes one person. God cannot do nothing unless somebody prays. If we start praying, we're going to start seeing things change in our favor. Now, what I was about to say, why I got off on that, that's free of charge. <clears throat> what I was going to say was, remember Jesus said that in the last days, they'll say that the, that the Christ is out in the desert. And he said, don't go because I'm not there. Well, Christ, if you study the word Christ out, that wasn't Jesus' last name. Christ means the anointed or the anointed one. So what Jesus was saying, if you, they say that the anointing's out there, I'm not there. Be led by your spirit. God put the Holy Spirit. Start knowing who the Holy Ghost is. Start fellowshipping with him. Have a contract with him. Talk to him. Allow him to become real because all he's going to do is reveal Jesus and God the Father to you. And he's going to speak those things that the Father has spoken. He's going to bring it and speak it to you. But you are led by your spirit. It's not led by prophecy. These people out there that are using the Internet for their gain right now, saying that, you know, call in, I'll give you a word from God. Listen, i got a word for them. It's called B-I-B-L-E. The Bible, the Word of God. You want God speaking to you? Open up the Word and start reading it. If you keep reading it, eventually God will speak to you. Come on now, saying I, I know this ain't people don't like to hear this, but it's true. Quit following a man. Follow the anointing that's on the man, but don't follow the man. Come on now. Follow the man that is as he's leading you to Christ. If he's not lifting Jesus Christ up and he's lifting himself up. You need not follow him. Listen to that inward spirit inside you. Just like with giving. If you want to give to this this church that, or ministry that we're doing here at this fireside discussion, hey, praise God. But I'm not going to stand there and beg and plead and say, if you sow this seed, God will give you this and everything. I'm not like that. I believe that God in prosperity. I believe in Bible prosperity. I believe that God wants you to be well taken care of. You know, he said in in uh, little John 3, verse 2, he said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou prosper, be even in health, even as a soul prospereth. God wants you to prosper. He don't, he don't care that you that you have a lot of money. He just doesn't want money to have you. We need to be vessels. You know, let me let me just go ahead. I'm already getting myself in enough trouble. Let me go ahead and say this. 
you know, people that are out there that are rich, you know who your God is. It's your money. You're afraid to let it go. Remember when Jesus said to the young man that came to him and said, Lord, what must I do to be saved? And he said, uh, follow the commandments. He said, I kept the commandments. He said, remember Jesus said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. And then he said, uh, take everything you have, sell it and give it to the poor, pick up a cross and follow after me. The Bible says that the man walked away because he had a lot of possessions. And he walked away because that was too hard of a thing. This shrank it translate. Too hard of a thing for him to do. If God has your heart, he also should have your wallet. Come on now. Now, let me throw you on the other side of the coin. I'm not just throwing the rich people. Let me talk about people that are in lack, that are that barely have any money. Quit, quit putting your nose up to those rich people and criticizing them. God doesn't have your wallet either. That means he doesn't have your heart. Because you have something you can give. And a lot of, a lot of times people think it's money. You got time you can give. You, have, you might have two cans of the same thing in your cupboard. You can take one of them and give it to your neighbor. Do you realize that that's tithing? Come on now, let's let's go. Let's we're going to talk about this in our discussion about what true tithing is. It's just not money. You know, you have time that you can tithe. You can take take the extra time to pray. God knows your situation. God says if you give me whatever you have, I will multiply it. That's why you won't ever hear me beg for money. Amen. So next week we're going to pick up where it says, I've already had the Holy Spirit. Can I have more? You know, and uh, we're going to pick up there next week. I hope I helped you. I hope I encouraged you. I want you to know that we're here for you. We're, we're here to help you grow and become that mature Christian. Remember what I said when you go to church this Sunday. If you're going to the building, if you're going out in the parking lot or whatever, just remember, it's like a mass unit. You are, you are there to get patched up, filled up, prepared, and sent out. A church is not where we just sit there and hoard the Word of God for ourselves. We're supposed to take it out into the world. So I encourage you, when you go to your church, go there expecting God to fill you. Expecting God to cleanse you so that you can take all the, the weight of the world and the sins of the world that's coming against you. Because when you're out there in that world, man, you're going to get dented. You're going to get, you're going to start smelling like them. You need to come in and get refueled so that you can go back out. And if you're going to a church that doesn't believe in refilling you up and giving you, because remember Psalm 92 says that with fresh anointing, he will anoint you with fresh oil then you need to find yourself a good Bible-based church. Amen? Amen? I'm hoping that through these discussions that we have, that if you have any concerns, write them. Write me. Email me. You know, let me know, because I will help you every way I can. And like I told you before, I don't know everything. I'm not God. You know, we're all called to be a part of this body, and we're all called to be a part in whatever God put us in, whatever part. That's where God wants us to be. Quit trying to be an eye when you're the toe. And if you're the eye, quit trying to be the ear. God called you to be the eye. Whatever God's called you to do, that's what I want to do. I want to help further you. I want to encourage you. And I also want you to know that if you ever do feel like you have a call of God on your life, I know some really awesome Bible schools that can help you and help you grow. 
One of them is Rama Baba Training Center. So I just want you to, to keep growing, keep uh, maturing in the things of God. And as we close in prayer, I just want you to know if you're out there, you do not know Jesus Christ. I want to give you the opportunity to meet my great and wonderful Savior. He's a friend. He sticks closer to you than a brother. He'll be a father to the fatherless. He'll be the husband to the to the husbandless. He'll be the wife to the wifeless. He'll be whatever you need him to be, but it'll be according to his word and his way, not according to your will and your way. My prayer is that if you don't know him, all you have to do is say, Father, I come to you as a sinner. I ask Jesus Christ to come into my heart. I believe that Jesus died and rose again from the dead. I believe that he sat down at the right hand side of the Father and he's coming back. I believe that I'm accepted into the family of God. If you said that prayer, go tell somebody, tell your church. And like I said, we're going to close here in prayer. Father, we just thank you in Jesus' name. We thank you for the time of fellowship, the time of discussion that we've had. Father, I pray that they be stirred today. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're stirring them and showing them that you're, you're real and that you want to be so big and so real in their lives. Father, I believe for supernatural manifestations of God, your blessings. I speak it and I decree and I prophesy every bill's met, every bill, every debt's paid off. I thank you that God, that they're healed in their body, that their body is completely healed, whole and well. I thank you that, Lord, those that are having trouble controlling their minds, I thank you that the enemy's hold is being destroyed because of the, the anointing. And I thank you, the Father, the God, that they'll have the soundness of mind and the peace of the, of the mind. And, Father, I thank you that we will not fear. Father, we will go forth in victory. Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory and all the praise. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember, next week, right, right about the same time, 11, 1130, we're going to have our discussion next Friday. Don't forget about Tuesday nights. You know, we usually go start about 4, 5 o'clock, somewhere right around there, usually around 4, but, you know, sometimes it might be a little later, you know, but you're more than welcome to come out Tuesday nights. We're, we're right now meeting in Man's Choice if you want to come out and be a part of us on Tuesday nights and sit down and get filled with the Word of God and get inspired. Come out and join us. Uh, you know, don't forget about next Friday. And like I said, if you'd like to help us out, we would we really appreciate it. And if you can only pray for us, we we thank you for that. And we are honored that Father that you're you put us on your God's put us on your heart. So any way you can help us, whether it's financially or just praying for us, we greatly appreciate it. We thank you. We'll see you next week. You have a great weekend, a great time, and Jesus is Lord. Just remember that. Amen. Goodbye.